Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Last Sunday morning, I I started talking about the fact that tithing is first. When you get over into discussing uh, giving to the Lord, the Bible presents tithing as first because it's the first fruits. In other words, it's ahead of everything else. Tithing is the foundation of God's financial plan for us and his prescription for us being blessed the very uh, fun, fun, most fundamental part is tithing. And then uh, I talked about, out, actually turn on over to Malachi chapter 3, Sunday morning of, of last week, the 26th. I preached on uh, also that morning about the fact that he said, try me now in this. Put me to the test. Glory to God. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. He said, try me. Try me. Just try it. Just try me. See what I'll do. See if I won't open for you the windows of heaven. Now, sometimes people have thought to themselves, well, you know, I don't, I just, Pastor, I just can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to. I mean, this is such a tremendous uh, promise and assurance from God. If If you're not tithing, the windows of heaven obviously are not open. I mean, if it's, try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if if, what's, what does word if mean? It, it means if. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to have a dictionary to look up the definition of if because the only thing I can think of is if. In other words, it won't work unless. This will happen, won't happen unless you do such and such. But when you do such and such, doing that will cause this result. That's if. It's depending upon you doing it. That's what the word if means. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. You can't afford to go through this life with the windows of heaven not open. Now I'm going to uh, cover some, uh, some answers, give some answers to, to some of the ways the enemy tries to, to rob people of their blessing. And some of the uh, uh, you know arguments that the devil presents to people's minds that keeps them... Uh, away and out of God's blessing. I had this scheduled for last Sunday night, but the Spirit of the Lord led, led us differently, and so I, I was not able to get to it. And so I want to talk tonight about some common misunderstandings about tithing. Because there's a lot of misunderstandings. And this, these, these misunderstandings, even though the enemy is behind it, good people get tripped up with it. Very, some very good people. And so if I identify a misunderstanding that you have, I'm not accusing you of of being bad or even foolish. 
it's, it's the enemy that tries to, he's always trying to trip all of us up. And these are just some common areas that, that we hear very often. And they are, they're not true, but they sound true to the person who is not really looking at the word. If you, if you, if you allow your mind to reason things outside of the word, particularly, now a lot of times people don't know. And so they're na- the devil uses natural reasoning to convince them of something that's not true because they don't know any better. But it's another thing when you know, and it's, it's my job to make sure you know, to point out truth. So then you can correct yourself. Again, good people are oftentimes misled by these common misunderstandings. The first one, and we've talked about this already, but uh, it, 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 it's, this is probably the most prevalent, the most common misunderstanding and objection to tithing is that tithing passed away with the law. Now, the reason for that, I can understand because I, I got tripped up with that when I first came back to the Lord. Even though I was raised in a, in a home, in a family, we tithed. My parents tithed, believed in it. I was taught it. And uh, as a little kid, I tithed and, uh, on anything that I got. So I, you know, I was raised this way, but I, you know, I backslide, got away from the Lord. I came back to, uh, to the Lord, got back into fellowship of the Lord, started going to church again. And I was reading my Bible and what I read, because I wasn't reading, I wasn't rightly dividing the truth. I read scriptures that, that made me think, well, this is under the law. Probably the most uh, widely read scripture concerning tithing is right here in Malachi. I, I would think the, uh, across the board, all churches, this is probably the most frequently cited passage about tithing. In the whole Bible, because it's it's so uh, conclusive. I mean, it's it's so clear, and it tells us that uh, a man robs God when he doesn't tithe, and that we're to bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there may be food in my house, says the Lord, and that if you, He said, "Try me in this, I'll open up the windows of heaven, open for you the windows of heaven, pour out blessing." Such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How in the world can you afford to not take advantage of that? Here's how. Well, that was in the Old Testament. That's under the law. You, you, you need to realize that not everything in the Old Testament is under the law. There are different sections of the Old Testament. And the law technically is the first five books of the Old Testament called the Pentateuch. That's the law. There are the history books. There are the poetry books. And there are the books of prophecy. And this passage is in, uh, the, in, in the category of Old Testament books called the prophets. So the prophets talked about things in the law But this wasn't a statement from the law of Moses. This was a statement from the prophet Malachi to the people of God who were under the law. 
But when I got back to fellowship with the Lord, I, I read this and I said, yeah, but that's, you know, that's Old Testament. I divided the Bible in half. You know, there's the Old Testament's the law and the New Testament is grace. And so that was Old Testament. But we know that from reading Galatians that, that the promise that God gave to Abraham, tithing was a part of that. We know that it was even before Abraham when, when uh, Cain and Abel came, Abel gave the first fruits, the very best, the most precious, the most fat part, the fat of his, of his uh, uh, livestock to the Lord. Well, where did he know to, to do that? Where did he get that from? That had to be revelation. That had to have come from God or God wouldn't have talked about it later about bringing the first fruits. Honor the Lord with your, 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 your income and the first fruits of God would have never given credence to that first fruit concept if Abel hadn't have gotten it from the Lord. It couldn't have come from, and, and there wasn't any pagan religions at the time. I mean, this was just a, just a short period of time out of the, after Adam and Eve had sinned. The knowledge of the Lord was still very strong. So we know from the book of Galatians, and we, we don't even have to turn over there, but the third chapter of Galatians tells us that the law that came 430 years after Abraham, uh, the, 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 the things in the law cannot change the things that came by promise. God didn't give it to Abraham by law, gave it to him by promise. And so... Uh, Let me give you some other examples. Some other things that were practiced before, during, and after the law. Go with me to uh, Genesis. And let's look at the fifth chapter, I think. Fourth chapter. In the fourth chapter, we have the story of Cain and Abel. We know what happened there. It says that Cain gave an offering to the Lord, but Abel gave the first fruits. And it says that God respected Abel and his offering, not just his offering, but he respected Abel and his offering. He did not respect Cain or his offering because he just gave something. Everybody, everybody do this with your hands. Say something. Okay. That gives, that helps your hands help explain what you meant by that. He gave something. Okay. But it wasn't his best. It was just something, okay? If you go on down in the end of this chapter, the very last verse, as for Seth, to him the Lord, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, this was prior to Moses, prior to the law. Men began to call Upon the name of the Lord. But you know calling on the name of the Lord was in the law too. But it didn't begin with the law. Let me ask you a question. To men call upon the name of the Lord today. Is it scriptural to call upon the name of the Lord? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling upon the name of the Lord. Happened before the law. 
even though it was brought into the law, the law didn't, it didn't originate in the law. So when the law passed away, guess what? We still call upon the name of the Lord. Isn't that right? Worship. Men worshiped Noah when he came out of the ark. He built uh, a, 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 an altar and worshiped the Lord. Abram built an altar and worshiped the Lord. Well, they, the law instructed Israel to worship. That was, that was law. You had to come every so often and present yourself and you had to worship. That's law. Well, after the law, under grace, do we still worship? But it was under the law. You see how foolish that is? But you see, if, if you're not thinking clearly about tithing, and you, and you know what the, the underlying uh, thing, that the underlying motivation is, People don't want to give money. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. I don't like to be ripped off when I go to buy something. If I get the, you know, the cash register receipt and, and they overcharge me, and they did that not long ago at Lowe's. They, the lady charged me f- for two things and I only bought one. I said, you rang that up twice. Oh, you know, that threw her in a tizzy, you know, she, she didn't know how to fix it. I said, you know what? Just forget it. I just, I mean, I was there like 10 minutes. She couldn't figure it. I said, I'm leaving. Wasn't that big a deal to me. But I don't, nobody wants to just give up money. So the, 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 that motivation that we have to preserve what we have uh, can, can lead people to say, well, now, you know, I don't need to do that because that's under the law. Well, what about worship? Worship was for the law, during the law, after the law. So the law didn't have anything to, it, worship was incorporated into the law and made law. Now it's not, we don't worship by law. We worship because our heart's been changed. And is God still in it? Yes. But I don't do it because of law. I do it because my heart's been changed. Well, praise the Lord. This is a, an obvious one. When Cain killed Abel, uh, you know, God's judgment fell. Why? Because murder is wrong. They didn't have a law. Moses hadn't, hadn't been born yet. You know, in the law, there's all kinds of, of uh, 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 you know, dis- descriptions of different scenarios of murder and different, and basically pronounced capital punishment. Well, murder was wrong before the law, but the law addressed it. We're not under the law today, but is murder okay? No, no. The, the, the passing away of the law didn't do away with, okay, you could just, you know, go out and, you know, kill your, your neighbor or something. No, that, that's, that's kind of an, an obvious thing, but it points out the fact that just because tithing was a part of the law doesn't at all suggest that tithing passed away when the law passed away. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. 
So that's, that's one. And, and this, is, this is not a, you know, an, an all-inclusive, all-exhaustive list, but these are things that I've seen. The next uh, misunderstanding or, or wrong uh, thinking about tithing is that tithing is a concept. It's, it's just a concept. And that the number... The, the actual percentage is not important because I've known of people that let's say their tithe was $100. If you, a tenth of your income, if, if that, you know, if they, if their income, you know, was a thousand dollars, a tithe would be a hundred dollars. I've known of people, this is common. This is not, this is not uncommon. I've, I've heard of this, run into this. People think, well, this is, they bring $50. See, this is my tithe. As if tithing is, the tithe is a concept. It, it's, the concept is it's something that I bring and I offer it up to the Lord as my tithe. So this is my tithe. But the word tithe means a tenth. Anything, you know, just anything we want to call worship is not necessarily worship. People, people, even in churches today, are worshiping God in ways that are just, they're just, it's just flesh. It's just flesh. It's total flesh. Is that worship? In their minds, it's worship, but God doesn't receive it as worship. Jesus said this in, in, uh, in the Gospels. He said, remember over in Mark chapter 7, he was talking about the traditions of men. He said, uh, you can say that you know, the, 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 the scripture said to honor your mother and father. He said, but you say, that part that I was going to give my mother and father, I've, he said, it is Corbin. It's the way the scripture reads, it is Corbin. And what that meant was that the person took the money that, that they intended and belonged to God, I mean, belonged to their parents, they were going to give it to their parents to support their parents. They said, no, I'm going to designate this money as a gift to God, the Corbin. The problem with that is when they designated as at Corbin, there was no requirement that they gave it to God. There was nothing to keep them from keeping it for themselves. But by declaring it to be Corbin, they said, we've, we've satisfied the claim to take care of our parents because we've designated, designated it as, as a gift to God. And what they would do is, instead of the tithes and offerings that they already were mandated by the law to give, they took 
that same amount and they designated this that like this is for my parents I was going to give this to my parents but instead it's a gift to God and they gave that as their tithe and offerings basically they kept it they substituted it but they didn't also give the original tithe and offerings in other words they kept it well Jesus said you 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 can't you can't worship God according to your own ideas. He said in vain you do worship me. Preaching and teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. They thought they were worshiping God. How many can can understand when a, when a person did that concerning their parents and they brought that money they're supposed to give their parents and they gave that instead of their tithes and offerings? How many can understand God saw that? He understood exactly what was going on. And did he, ooh, bless them? No, he didn't. <laughs> Amen. So there are a lot of things that, you know, that you can claim to be one thing, but it isn't. The tithe is a tenth. It's a tenth. It it's, is one-third is one-third a mathematical uh, 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 term? Is one-fifth a mathematical term? Can, can one-fifth ever be greater or lesser than a fifth and still be a fifth? I mean, I know there's some new math out there. Maybe I'm not up, <laughs> maybe I'm not up to speed on some new math, but I don't think there's any way one-fifth can ever be greater or less than one-fifth. Now, I know this is kind of fun. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm, I'm wanting to show you how absurd thinking is. And so people that say, and, I, and I've, I've known of people that have done this. They said, well, I, I, we, had, we had an associate pastor years ago, first associate pastor, wonderful couple, the Frickies. And I don't know if some of you have been around for a long time might remember this. Uh, uh, Janice's, Janice Fricky's dad, he's in heaven now, so you don't matter. He was, he was a good man. He was a Christian man in, uh, kind of a, you know, when, in the full gospel businessmen's fellowship, you know, and, and he was, he was very, uh, financially well off. He was a very successful farmer. I'm talking about farming. When we, when he went to, to, to farm, he had the big combines out there running the hundreds and hundreds of acres of corn. Just, you know, big, big time, big, big money. So he had, you know, he had, he was pretty well off. And so, you know, he, I shouldn't have done it. I, I was young, okay? I was young in ministry. He, he was there that Sunday and I said, remember his name, Bill. I said, you know, Bill Frick, why don't you come up here and just testify? Just greet everybody, you know? And I, was, I was trying to show some honor, you know, to our associate pastor, you know, and, and the pastor's wife, Janice, you know, to have her dad, you know, and, you know, because he spoke at Full Gospel Businessmen. He got up and he said, and he was talking, and I don't know how he steered into this, but he, he got over on the tithe and he said, you know what? He said, I just don't believe that it's, that, that God is so, you know, so small-minded that, that he's reduced our, our giving down to a certain percentage point. You got to give us, and I thought to myself, but that's what a tithe is. It is a percentage point. It's point one. 
It's not point zero five. It's point one. And you know, and I was just dumbfounded. I'm I was sitting on the platform in my platform behind him, and I just had to keep a smile on my face. You know, I didn't nod. I didn't agree. I didn't go. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm thinking. Just kind of, you know, tried not to give any expression. I know the church was there all looking at me like that, you know. (laughs) But anyway, praise the Lord. No, the tithe is a tenth. I didn't come up with it. I didn't invent this. One tenth of a dollar is always going to be a dime in our currency. One-tenth of a million dollars is always going to be 100,000 smackers every single time. There you can't, if it's a tenth, praise the Lord. I just, but, but you, you can see though that people, they get this religious idea. Yeah, but you know, God's not all hung up about numbers. Well, he must be because <laughs> he said it. Well, I'm going to bring my, 20th, I'm going to bring my nickel instead of my dollar and I'm going to say, here, Lord's my tithe. And the Lord's going to do what, do you think? He's going to say, no, I'm not receiving that as your tithe. Well, praise the Lord. It's truth. What'd you say? Yeah, <laughs> he authored a book called Numbers. <laughs> Greg said, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Now, now this isn't intended to make anybody uncomfortable. Open your heart, open your mind, even where it's concerning your wallet. You know, it's hard. Just open your mind to, to basic understanding of Scripture. Another one, this is the third one that's on my list is that the tithe is only calculated on your regular income. For instance, if you work for somebody and you are salaried or you are a wage earner and you're ordinary, if it's 40 hours a week, that's kind of the the common thing, but it varies a lot. Whatever your ordinary uh, amount of income from your ordinary source that we tithe on that, but Anything else that comes in that's sort of on the side, that's like, well, you know, that's, that's mine. Gifts, birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, just gifts that friends just give you something. Bonuses from work. Employer profit sharing and matching contributions to, you know, like to retirement accounts. Profits from your investments. Inheritances. Royalties. I wrote a book. I get royalties now. Every time somebody goes to Amazon, buys my book, I get royalties. Well, that's, that's not my ordinary income, but it's, Look at, you're in Genesis. Turn over to the 28th chapter. 28th chapter. Verse 22. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Now notice what Jacob said. 
And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Of all that you give me, of all that you give me, Proverbs chapter 3. Honor the Lord with your possessions, verse 9 says, and with the first fruits of all your ordinary income. That's what that says. All your income. Yeah, but this doesn't count. Well, why wouldn't it? I mean, this is just something somebody, somebody gave me something. I mean, this is, I didn't work for this. I, this somebody gave, well, do you, do you thank the Lord for it? Are you thankful for it? Do you, do you say, well, thank the Lord. Well, Jacob said, of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth. Point one, I will give you a tenth. Abraham, it says, gave Melchizedek a tithe of all. Now, I made a mistake uh, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago or last week? I don't remember. Uh, maybe it was last week. I said that, that Abraham tithed uh, to Melchizedek out of his own funds. I was, that was, I was mistaken. Hebrews, it says that he gave him a tenth. In the sixth chapter of, sixth, seventh chapter of Hebrews, says he gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils. So he gave Melchizedek a tenth of the spoils. But he didn't keep the spoils. So he gave Melchizedek a tenth of something he didn't even keep. Somebody, see, my wife and I, somebody gives us $100 and the Spirit leads us to give that to somebody else. We still, we still take $10 and give to the Lord. And, and if the Lord said give somebody else $100, we have to add a $10 to that. Because of everything the Lord gives me, Jacob said, I will surely give one-tenth, 10%, dime on a dollar. Amen. Bring all the tithes. The Amplified Bible in, in Malachi says, bring all the tithe. How does it say? Somebody's got an Amplified Bible real quick. I don't have to turn there. Who's got one? Leslie, read it out loud. Are you paying attention, Leslie? He's trying to find her Bible. Come on now. <laughs> I have been known to pick on Leslie. What does it say? Bring all the tithe, the whole tenth of your income. All of it. No, it's, it's all your increase. Amen. So anything that's increase, anything that's increase. Now, if it's not increase to you, then you don't tithe on it. But if it's increase and... Abraham gave to Melchizedek the tithe on the spoils because he could have taken the spoils. He chose not to take it, but that was after he tithed on it. Okay? Now, this other one, the next one, is kind of sort of related. It, it's, it's similar. 
And people say, well, the tithe is calculated on your net income after taxes. Well, what's your increase? So, well, I didn't, the, the taxes were deducted. I didn't get increase of that. Well, yes, you did. We have, the, now, taxes are not spent right. I'll be the first to admit that. But some of it, at least, goes for good. I mean, you can leave here tonight and probably none of us are going to be uh, run into a mob on the way home. And killed and our car stolen because we have police. Taxes go for that. Taxes go for we're free because of a military. Our taxes provide for that. Now, I know there's, some, there's some, some excess and I know there's some abuse of that. But at the same time, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. So my wife and I, all of these years, 48 years, we have tithed on the gross. Whatever our gross income was, that's what we tithed on. Because that's increased to us. Besides, I didn't think about this until last week. If, if your tithe is calculated after taxes then the government is determining your giving. Because they can raise taxes and God just got a, just got a, 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 got shorted. He just got a cut and pay, so to speak. They can lower taxes and if it's based on, if, if, if tithing is after taxes, they lower taxes, God gets a, gets a bonus if the, if the, if the government raises taxes, he takes away. Well, that couldn't be right. The government shouldn't be determining what our giving is. Well, praise the Lord. Glad I thought of that. It made sense to me. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God. And I don't have a whole lot of these. I'm going to, I don't know how long of it. Did I start here at 745? Is that right? Just kidding. I know I didn't. <laughs> I thought Angela would go, no way did you do that. Here's, here's one that, that have tripped people up. Sometimes we've had people in our congregation that were, that were doing pretty well. And had good jobs or you know, good careers. And the idea is like this. Well, pastor, you talk about, uh, you know, the Lord will bless you if you tithe. God's blessing me anyway. I don't tithe, I give offerings, and God's blessing me. I've heard that before. I'm really doing good without tithing. I'm doing better than most people in the church, and I don't tithe. Well, what's the answer to that? No, you're not doing really good. You are not. <laughs> you only think you are. Well, praise the Lord. God's still blessing me. No, you have forfeited much more. Your losses from not tithing are greater than your gains from disobedience. Let me illustrate it like this. How many of you would think it'd be pretty sweet if you were suddenly notified that 
a, a, a distant heir, maybe somebody you knew or didn't do, they just died, and you find out they've left you a million dollars, and it's all tax-free government bonds. How many of you would think that'd be pretty cool? Would you, I, I guarantee if you found out about that on Tuesday or Wednesday, on Wednesday night, you'd be coming in here, you'd be giving a praise report. God just blessed me with a million dollars. There'd be a big old smile on your face. You'd want to give a testimony, wouldn't you? Let me, let me give a different proposition. Let's say a relative left you $3 million. Would you be thrilled about that? Come on. Yeah, you'd be in here Wednesday night. Oh, glory to God. God just blessed me, Uncle Leroy, you know, he passed away and left me $3 million. Woo, glory to God. But let's suppose somebody else in your family presents a fraudulent claim to some of that and contests your $3 million and they want a million dollars. But the, the will clearly said it belonged to, you know, that does happen. Maybe, maybe the person's, Maybe you're a distant uh, nephew and the, and the man that died, his son comes up and says, now, wait a minute, why is this third nephew over here getting $3 million and I'm getting zero? That's not right. They can protest. You have to hire an attorney and you end up with a million dollars. Your, your heir, your, your, your relative son who was, who was written out of the will, somehow managed to get a million dollars and the attorney got a million dollars and you got a million dollars. Are you going to be thrilled on Wednesday night? Are you going to come in and say, Woo, man, I am so... No, you're going to come in and your face is going to be like this. You're going to be down. You're going to be disgusted. You're going to be aggravated because you just lost $2 million that were yours. You were supposed to have it. You lost it. Did you do good? You, you don't know what that is. You're just sitting there. You're not going to shake your head about anything. <laughs> did you, in that scenario, did you turn out, did it turn out good? No. You lost $2 million. That's a huge loss. You didn't do good. So people who come and say, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. God's blessed me. No, no. No, God, God blesses all of us as much as he can. But you're, you're really living on your own resources. You're blessing yourself. Because you've managed to, to have a good career, maybe you've got a great education, and you've done, made smart business decisions, you've created some, some blessings for yourself. But how much more you have walked away from well, praise the Lord. That's the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. By not tithing, I'm going I'm to cover this because I want to finish up tonight. Can you stay with me another few minutes? Go back to Malachi chapter 8. Malachi 8. Excuse me, Malachi 3. <laughs> You'll be looking for a while if you. Verse number 8, Malachi 3 8. Oh, by the way, this morning, I only listed six ways that Jesus shed his blood on the cross, and there were seven. Did anybody catch that? My wife was taking, making a list. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweated blood, that's one. 
He gave his face to the smiters. That was two. The crown of thorns on his head was three. He, he had nails in his, in his hands, four, and his feet, five. And the stripes on his, 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 his back. Did I already say that? Stripes on his back, six. The seventh one was the spear in his side. And I didn't have any notes this morning. I had my notebook up here. I had zero notes on this. And so I was just, you know, I didn't have anything in front of me. But remember when I, when I pointed out that Adam, God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he opened his side and brought his rib out, which he made his wife. Jesus on the cross, when that spear pierced his, he was already dead. Spear pierced his sides. It says blood and water came out. That's where the church came from. Right out of his side. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, that's this morning. So just tack that on to this morning. <laughs> I, was in, I was in my office, walking down the hall of my office, and I realized, I didn't talk about the seventh one. Well, praise the Lord. Now I have. Have you found Malachi 8, verse 3? <laughs> 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithe. Like the Amplified says, the whole tenth of your income. Sorry, Leslie, I have this written into my Bible here, but I didn't have it open to that passage. The whole tenth of your income into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. See, by not tithing, a person is really robbing God. So, well, God doesn't need anything. Yeah, but the storehouse does. They, gave their, they brought their tithe into the storehouse and, the, and, and they stored the tithe there. And from that tithe, they funded the ministry. When a person doesn't tithe, even, even bringing an offering that's less than the tithe, they're robbing God by really robbing from the storehouse. Now, this is not a heavy, you know, downer kind of message. This is just the truth. Other people are having to carry the load and, and are glad to do it. Other people are carrying the load of providing for ministry, the ministry of the church, while you graze virtually free or not are not not supplying your share that's robbing god by by withholding what you should bring to the to the storehouse my experience is that those people and this is my experience it may not be anybody here but my experience is those people who don't tithe don't even come close to giving a tenth don't even come close. I don't know of, I, I've never really over the years found people that didn't tithe, but they gave, you know, 85%. I, when people say, well, you know, this is my tithe, it's usually far less than a tithe. And what that's doing, it's, what it's doing, it's robbing the church. And, uh, you know, turn, turn, turn to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 
You're going to give me another minute or two? 2 Corinthians 8. This will help you. 2 Corinthians 8. This was talking about the, the, uh, the giving that, the, that was going on in the church. Uh, verse, start in verse 11. But now you must also complete the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Somebody says, well, I just don't have it to tithe. You have the same ability to tithe anybody else does. You have that tenth. You might, it might not be as, the tenth might not be, you might not have as much to, to, to calculate a tenth on, but you can calculate a tenth. It is, is it first accepted according to, if there is first a willing heart, it is accepted according to what one has, not according to one what, according to what one does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, and their abundance may also supply your lack, that there may be equality. The only way there can be equality is if there's one percentage. See, he's not talking about the, what you have left over. He's talking about what you're blessed with. That's what you have. How much God gives you, what your income is. Some people have a greater income. Some people have a less income, lesser income. Well, when everybody does their share... There's an equality. Well, the, sh- the share can only be calculated if, if it's on the same percentage. Has anybody ever heard about the flat tax? Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? That everybody pays the same figure, the same. That's, that's also called the what? Fair tax. Why is it fair? Because it's equal. The millionaire gives more money than the half millionaire, but it's still equal. So I don't know how in the world there can be equality in people's giving if it's not based on the same percentage. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. You're robbing people, no, not you, but people who are not tithing are robbing the church, robbing God and robbing the church because they're not giving, there's no equality in their giving. You also limit the areas in the church where you're qualified to serve. Again, robbing the church. If you'll notice around here, we have, we have uh, requirements for workers and teachers and people in ministry positions. Some positions in ministry in the church are not... Uh, of a, of a nature of leading people in worship or teaching in a classroom or so forth. People who, who serve in, the, in some areas of the ministry of health can serve whether they tithe or not because we want to give everybody a place to be involved. But when it comes to teachers, how can we, how can we have a teacher because our teaching curriculum, even with the children, cover tithing? Now, how can, how can someone be a teacher and teach tithing and they don't tithe? 
You, you, can't, you can't do it with any sense of, of, of passion or, or honesty about it. I mean, if you belonged to, uh, what are some of the civic, like the Kiwanis, that's how you say it? Huh? If you belong to them, could, could you be an officer in your local Kiwanis? Kiwanis? If you didn't pay what they call dues. Now, tithing isn't dues, but, but there's, a, there's a parallel here. You remember, remember Charlie Rankin? Is that his name? Charlie, is it the, the congressman from New York? Was it Rankin? Rangel. Charlie Rangel. Everybody knows what he's famous for, right? Does anybody know? It's a congressman from New York. I think it's from New York. Does anybody know what he's famous for? Raise your hand. One person knows. He's famous for not paying his taxes. He's hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, multiple hundreds of maybe millions. I don't know. He is greatly in debt to the IRS and he's serving as a congressman from the blessed state of New York. And they keep reelecting him. They keep reelecting a man that's not even paying his taxes. Does that sound crazy? Does that sound like he's disqualified? That's just reasonable. Well, if, if a person doesn't tithe, they cannot have a leadership position in the local church and be robbing the church. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's why we have these, these requirements. It's because we want people in leadership who are sold out to the church that are bringing their fair share. So by... By not tithing, not, all, not only is a person robbing the church of, uh, 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 by not supplying the storehouse, they're robbing the church of their own service because there's a cap, there's a limitation on what they can do. Over the years, over the years, 41 years and, and counting, there have always been people in our church who had gifts and abilities that we could use, but we could not use them because they're, they're, they don't believe in the church enough. They really don't believe in the church enough to bring the tenth of their income. How can we use them? So the church is robbed again. Amen. Not only that are you robbing, you're robbing yourself. A person, I'm not saying you, but a person that's not tithing is robbing himself of the poured out blessing of the open windows of heaven. You're robbing yourself. Now notice in Malachi, chapter 8 again, (laughs) chapter 3, verse, it's going down to verse 9. You are cursed with a curse. Now, we know that we're not living under the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But let me, let me describe how this curse still works. Go over to just a few pages back, because if you're not careful, you'll miss it. Go back to, to uh, Haggai. Back to Zechariah, it's just to the left, and then Haggai is next. Go to chapter 1. Babylonian exile, you know, had been, had been, Israel had been uh, 
freed from that. They're returning to the land. They're in the process of rebuilding the temple. But a long time had gone by and they weren't finishing the project. So in the sixth, second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to, Rezub, to, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and the temple to to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. And that would be my message to people who aren't tithing. Consider your your ways. For you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Says it again. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withheld the dew and the earth withheld its fruit. Now, God's not blowing anything away. Okay? But there is a principle here that is still true. That when you don't tithe, the money that you, that you keep by not tithing you, it's, it's put into, in effect, into a bag with holes in it. You sowed what you sowed, even if it was less than a tithe, it was still money, and, you, and, and you're not getting the increase from it. Consider your ways, he said. Be, he said it twice. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Think about it. Well, praise God. So I say to you, consider your ways. Amen. Don't rob God because when you're robbing God, you're robbing more than God. God in heaven doesn't need anything. But God's work here needs something. You need something. People need to be able to access your gifts and your talents and your abilities. You need to be able to serve anywhere you have an opportunity where your gifts uh, match the, the, the opportunity to serve. Don't limit the church and rob the church. And don't rob yourself from all of the blessings of, that he promised that the windows of heaven would be open. And he pour out blessing. Don't rob yourself. Glory to God. Well, amen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. That's not to be a downer. It's not to say anybody is un, you know, unkind or they're not anything. It's just, it's just basic Bible doctrine. That started in the Garden of Eden. Well, just outside the Garden of Eden. Um, It probably happened in the Garden of Eden. Because Abel must have gotten it from somebody. If he didn't get it from Adam and Eve, he got it directly from God. Amen. And yes, it came and and was made a part of the law. But it wasn't, it wasn't birthed in the law. It wasn't, didn't originate in the law. 
still for us today. Amen. Glory to God. And the blessing is still there. My wife and I have been tithing for 40, almost 50 years. 49 years, I guess. I got back in the Lord in 72. And I, and I, I didn't tithe probably the first few months, but probably... No, no, 73 is when I started going to church, end of 72, early 73. Sometime in 73, I started tithing again. And so that's been 48 years. And I'm telling you, it pays off. It pays off. I can testify that the, it's good when the windows are open. It's good when the blessing's being poured out. And there's not even room to contain. All. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Glory to God. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.